morning, St. Paul's. Our first scripture reading is found in Isaiah chapter 35, 1 through 10. If you want to follow along, it's page 1111 in your pew Bible. Here we see the prophet penning the coming of the Lord and the joy of the redeemed. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the blind eyes be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool and thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return, and they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Praise God. The next reading is found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11, page 1,512 in your pew Bible. When John the Baptist heard in prison what Jesus was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to his disciples, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor, Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one whom it is written in Malachi 3.1. 
I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, among those born among women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. Let us pray together. God, may we be expectant today, believing that you will speak to us, that you will be as near and as real to us as our own breathing. God, that you desire to transform us even those of us who've been following you for years and years, there's still much work to be done. So God, in our worship, have your way with us. May we leave this place different than when we came in. We pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Do any of you have any particular place that you like to go where you feel especially close to God? The ocean. Careful, Brian, you're going to start preaching my sermon for me already. You know, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, places can be important, can't they? In the Bible, we find place as a significant factor in encounter with God. We have mountaintops. We have oceans or by the side of a lake. We have deserts. Places of encounter with God. Often we'll find in the biblical story when we come to a particular physical landmark, be it a mountain or beside the sea or in a desert, we know that something significant and profound is going to happen. I want to tell you about a place That's special to me. I grew up right on the ocean on the coast of Maine. And when I say right on the ocean, I don't mean we had to drive a couple streets or a couple miles to get to the ocean. I mean right on the water. Beautiful. Now, the the, the coastline in Maine is so different than here in New Jersey. You can't swim in the water in August. Well, I mean, you can, if you want to significantly lower your body temperature. (laughs) You're not going to find sand to sit on and to sun yourself upon. It's rocky and stony. Oh, but it's, it's wild and beautiful. If any of you have been to the coast of Maine, you know what I mean. One of my favorite things to do as a teenager, going through those years when I was questioning everyone and everything, was to walk along the beach. And I would look for this. Does anybody know what this is? Sea glass. Now, my daughter, Auden, who was here with us this morning, found this piece. And when I told her I was bringing some of her sea glass to church to use in my sermon, she said, you have to tell them. 
that I found this. <laughs> There's a beautiful little lavender piece. There's green. Green seems to be one of the most prevalent kind. Uh, and then there's this, which I'm, a, I'm assuming maybe it was from a, who knows, a soda or a, some sort of beverage bottle. Now, as I would go along and as I would pick up these pieces of sea glass, you'd find pieces like this, Jim and Andrea. Now, this is pretty well weathered. The corners are rounded. It's, it's, it's fairly opaque. And then you'd find these green pieces. Now, if you see this green piece, Rich, this is this has still got a little bit of a jagged edge on it. It's not as buffed as some of these other ones. So I'm assuming this one probably didn't get to experiment, experience the elements and that erosive quality of the waves banging it onto the shore probably for as long as some of these other pieces. Oh, but there's, there's beauty in, in all of these. And I love this big piece. So I would go along and I would collect sea glass. And uh, between um, my grandmother's house in Maine and our home here, we have jars and boxes of this sea glass. And, you know, as I would walk the shore and as I would go through challenging times in life, I particularly remember <clears throat> when my grandfather passed away. I grew up right on the ocean right behind his house. Oh, and he was so influential to me, and uh, I was his caregiver when he was sick. And when he passed away at the, the young age of 72, after retiring from being a faithful preacher for 51 years in the same church, I was angry, felt unfair. He was a man who had given God his life to serve him and his people. And just after retirement, became ill and then passed away. So I would walk along the shore, and I would wrestle with God, and I would get angry, and I would question, and I would doubt, and I would bend over as I was walking along the beach, and I'd find these pieces of sea glass. And I remember one day in October 2008, just a couple months after my grandfather died, I was down there on the beach for one of my yelling sessions with the Almighty. And I was finding pieces of sea glass. And God spoke to me. You ever had God speak to you? I think God can speak audibly to you. Sometimes God comes as that still small voice. Sometimes God speaks in other ways. But God spoke to me. How it happened, I don't quite remember. But I know God spoke to me. And as I was bending over to find a piece of sea glass that had caught my eye, that was glinting in the morning sunlight. God said to me, Evan, you're like this sea glass. I thought about that for a while. And I thought, you know, what God spoke to me on that day in October, that Evan, you're like that sea glass. I thought to myself, isn't this a perfect image for the spiritual life, and indeed really all of life. You see, all of us at some point get crushed and broken, don't we? Life bangs us up on the shore. And where we were once whole and put together, then we maybe fall apart. A crack forms. Chips come off of us. We turn into something else. 
Maybe the death of a loved one or the loss of a job. Change in a relationship. Something happens in life and we start to break. We fall apart. We become like that freshly broken bottle that's jagged and, and a, bit, a bit sharp. It might cut when you pick it up. And yet life has a way, doesn't it? The journey with God in our spiritual lives as we grow closer to Him, as we read Scripture and as we pray, the rough edges become smooth. The sharp pieces become a little bit less sharp. And this, which was once a bottle, at this point really bears nothing in common with its original shape and form. But it's something beautiful and desirable nonetheless. It's changed, but it's changed into something beautiful, something different. And as I was walking along the beach that day, I realized that God, much, much like the elements and the erosive qualities of waves and shoreline and rocks, turn these broken shards of glass into something beautiful and desirable. That God was doing something in my life, similar to what happens to this. Through the storms in life, through difficulty, through trial, God was shaping me into something, to something different. God hadn't given up on me. God hadn't cast me away. But God was using difficulty to turn me into something different. You know, the people of Israel, as they were facing difficulty and imminent captivity from the Babylonian Empire, the prophet Isaiah tells them about a day when the desert would bloom. When that land, that place of encounter with God would be transformed from something dry and dead and arid and hostile to life, that instead it would turn into something green and luscious and full of vigor and vitality. And that in the dry barrenness of a people that God had called out for his own, that that dryness they were experiencing, that lack, that absence is not how it would always be. And yet even in the dryness, God was doing something. God was shaping and changing and working in those people in a way, friends, that could only happen in the desert. Do you know what I mean? The person standing before you today who I can tell you this morning that I love God more today than I did yesterday and a month ago and a year ago, but it was only because God had to do work in me. God had to take someone who was arrogant and self-sure. Someone who was reluctant to yield to a life of trust and faith. God had to work in me to change me 
into something that he could use. And it was only in the difficult moments that I found real growth. Walking along the beach, talking to God, finding that sea glass, and God telling me that you are like that. Reminded me that God shows up in our lives in places that we might not expect, in ways we may not anticipate. In dry climates, in places where there are waves and erosion. And yet, even there, or perhaps we could say, most especially there, God is present. And God wants to work in people who are willing and able to say, okay, God, I I may not have all the answers. I may not know why I'm experiencing what I am. But I'm willing to trust. You know, as I would walk along the beach and as I would wrestle with God, I would ask questions much like what John the Baptist asked from prison. Jesus, is it really you? Are you really the one? And in my own time in the desert, I found that yes, he is the one. He is the one. So friends, no matter where you are this morning, maybe you're in the desert. Maybe you're in a place where you're struggling for an answer. Where you're hoping. And it might seem futile. Where you're looking for a sign, something to hold on to of the presence of the one who will give you life. I'm here today. And the witness of Scripture and the prophets and in the testimony of John the Baptist. We can say with assurance that whatever place you are in in this moment, that's not where God is going to leave you. That's not where you will always be. And you may feel desperate. You may feel hopeless. You may be longing for a new day. Right where you are, Jesus wants to meet you. He wants to come to you. He wants to bring greenery out of that dry ground. He wants to take the broken, sharp glass of your life, turn it into something beautiful. Friends, as we're in this season of waiting, wait on the Lord. Trust in him. He will never let you go. Amen.